0: be free
1: been talking about the love of God on Sunday evenings and um, we take the love of God so much for granted. In fact, Paul said, well, if you can grasp how high, how deep, how wide the love of God is, that's how much God's fullness is. And that's what my goal is this week and next week. I'm going to be talking about the love of God. And now the idea of love is something that... Uh, perhaps not yet Christians or people who aren't Christians. They don't connect that with the existence of God. But if you think about it, if there was no God, would we be able to love? Would we really be able to be in relationships? I, I, I know that that uh, animals, can, you know, they they pair off because instinct-wise, they um, have to procreate and and keep themselves existing, and they do it by instinct. They do it by a survival instinct. But I don't see many dogs walking down the street with their arms around each other saying, oh, I just think that collar of yours is so lovely. I just really love the way that your eyes shine and that your coat is really sleek. I don't see two goldfish going, your skin is lovely today. I don't really see that, do you? But, and, and some people might say, you know, that animals do show affection and so on, and, and they do at a very base level. The scientists amongst you will be going crazy right now because you'll be listening to all your lectures about, you know, strong evolutionary things. But the truth and the fact is that it's all on a base level in any other kingdom apart from humans. And it just begs the question, where do we get this idea of loving deeply and and cherishing each other from? And it kind of speaks to a higher person who loves us deeply. I don't know whether you ever thought of that, that even the notion of love speaks to a God who loves. Now, for the medical people, i have you got any medical people in, in the house tonight? I see Jill, over there, perhaps she can know this. The science called uh, filamentology uh, tells you all you need to know about osculation. Now, it tells you that our, our orbicularis muscles are used in this practice. Anybody with me so far? In order to do this well, an engineer tells us that we need to tilt our heads at a 45 degree angle and apply one to two pounds worth of pressure. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And When we do this, during this practice, we swap 278 categories of bacteria amongst each other. Of course, I'm talking about kissing. I'm an expert on it. Very technically. But how we show affection is really important. How we express love is really important. I wonder how do you know if somebody is showing love to you? My three, my two-year-old grandson doesn't think his granddad loves him when I put him to bed sometimes. He's saying no, granddad. I'm saying yes. No, yes, no, yes, no, yes. I think, oh, let the parents deal with it. I'm the granddad. Dr. Gary Chapman said this. uh, is a family therapist. In about 1992, he kind of came up with and popularised the idea that we all have love languages of how we express love and how we receive love. He said that we express love in five different ways. Some of us express love by words of affirmation. We're, We're very good with our words and we affirm people, others, don't really talk much, but we do acts of service. We, we show people we love by practical acts. Other people show love by giving gifts or, and, uh, or receiving gifts. Uh, if you ever want to show me love, receiving gifts is fine. Some people actually just want you to spend time with them. You don't have to do much, just quality time. That's what Dr. Gary, Gary Chapman, uh, he uh, discovered. And some people are the huggy people. You know, they love physical touch and so on. And during COVID, it's been a nightmare for those people. I wonder what, which way you give or receive love. Some of us wonder, how does God love me? And what is his love like? Well, God loves us perfectly in all the love languages. For affirming words, he says, do not fear. I, I, do not be afraid. He speaks words into our hearts. And for acts of service, he washes our feet. Or the Son of Man came first to serve and he doesn't lord it over us. And if you're interested in, if you're the sort of person that receives love by receiving gifts, the best gift of all is he gives us eternal life. He gives us his Son. If you're the sort of person that says, I just need people to spend quality time with me. Jesus says, I will never leave you. I'll give you all the time that you have got. And of course, people who receive love through physical touch, he says, I'll give you your daily bread. I will heal you. I will actually heal your emotions and touch you. You see, God has perfect love languages for you. He's the one who cares about you in that way the most. Now, I want you all just to relax a bit and begin to open up your heart as I speak that perhaps this isn't just a sermon or a message or whatever you want to say a talk, but maybe this could be a time where you simply relax and begin to receive the love of God in your life. Would you do that with me? Here's some ways that God loves you. Number one, God loves you because you exist. In Psalm 139, verses 13 to 17, it just simply says this. For you created my most inner being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden for you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days are ordained for me and written in your book because... Uh, Before one of them came to be, how precious are your thoughts. God, how vast are they? God, you just love me because I exist. You don't need another reason to love me. You see, we tend to justify our existence, don't we? We tend to want to say, uh, this is the reason why I am valuable. And we tend to give a reason and God's standing there saying, I don't need a reason I love you because you are here. Because I knit you together. And every time I put something together, and I know there are biological processes, I'm not being so simplistic, but I believe God's hand is in all of that. And as He put you together, He smiled and said, I love you because you're here. Psalm 139 verse five says, where it says, you hem me in, Lord. It's actually a really strong word in the Hebrew and it means that it's like a fortress. You are protected strongly. And you see, this is the point that I'm trying to say. God does not just churn out humans. Every single human is planned and is a product of love. Even the ones that came about that some of their parents say, oops, that was a mistake. God doesn't just churn out humans. He fashions them and forms them and says, I love you because you exist. Can you just begin to relax and feel loved for a bit while I'm just ministering to you? I'm praying that the Holy Spirit takes over and you begin to sense something of the love of God for your life. I want this to be more than a talk. I want this to be a sense of how valuable you are. The second reason that, I look at the love of God. You know, he loves you even if you don't love him back. Now, you know that Midas, have we told you that we've had twins? Are you getting a bit fed up now about our family? Have we been going on about that just a little bit too much? And um, But you know what the Bible says? And you see, this brings this home to me. In Isaiah chapter 49, it says, Can a mother forget a baby at her breast and have no compassion on that child that she has born? Though she may be forget, if that scenario came about somehow, and tragically we know it does, God says, But I won't forget you. I've engraved you on the palm of my hand, says the Lord. They engraved them with nails, didn't he? I've engraved you and your walls are ever before me. You see, even if you don't love God back, he's going to love you. Even if you're here tonight and you think these Christians are crazy and if you're watching online and you're thinking, oh, I just want to put something rude on the feed because I just want to disrupt these Christians, God still loves you. And you can't stop him loving you. And if you don't love him back... He's still going to love you. You know, the people of Israel, they were so fickle, weren't they? God chose them and they, they loved him for a while. And then, and then they'd make wooden objects and worship them. And God said one time, why are you worshiping that? Because that's how you start a fire. Took it on the fire and worship me. You know, they were so in and out and, and they were so full of idolatry. But he said this to them, Israel, I will not forget you. I have swept away your offenses like a cloud. Your sins are like a morning mist. Return to me because I have remembered you, says the Lord. Even if we are faithless, God is still faithful. He loves you even if you don't love him back. Isn't that amazing? He loves you despite your flaws. In fact, With some of your flaws, he smiles and says, I'm so glad you have that flaw. You see, in this media-driven world where we know that we shouldn't have to fit in and be perfect, but still, we're still anxious. God's love is this rebuilding love. In fact, this is what he says in Jeremiah. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I will build you up again. Virgin Israel, you, he says, you will be rebuilt. Again, you will take your timbrels and go and dance with the joyful. God's love is a rebuilding love that when your life has got kinked or you're flawed, then God's love will rebuild you. Some of you will will be kind of saying about these Sunday nights, when's he gonna get on to the hard bit? When's he gonna tell us that you know how much God wants us? When are we gonna have to pick up our cross? Indeed, you will. But can you receive that God loves you even though you're not perfect? Well, we all know we're not perfect, he loves you even because of your flaws. He never stops loving you. And he calls to you even if the relationship has broken down. How about this one? He loves you even if you don't become everything that you're supposed to become. We've been talking a lot about God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. What if you don't reach it? God still loves you. Isaiah 61 says, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, the ones who said, I didn't make it. He loves you even if you don't become everything you're supposed to become. We talk about reaching our potential or we talk about not reaching our potential as if it's a sin. And we're obsessed with being the best that we can be. You know what? There are days when I'm not at my best. How about you? There are days when I'm probably the worst pastor in the world. How about you? He loves you even when you don't become everything you're supposed to become. He still says, I will love you. Some of you are sitting with me tonight and you're disappointed about how life has worked out. You might be disappointed in God even. And that can be appropriate sometimes when you don't understand. But then he talks to you and changes that disappointment into a deepening experience. But he is never disappointed by what he wants, his love in you. Now, he might be disappointed at some of the things you do, but always he looks at you and says, that's my child does anybody feel loved yet? Or or are you going to say, when's you going to get to the good bit? This is the good bit. This will only be what we talk about tonight. And we've been saying it a lot, so I'm not going to dwell on it. God has a loving purpose for you. The Bible says that he chose us before the creation of the world. And this is what Sometimes, you know, that Brian Cox guy who does that program on the universe and he's going, wow, look at these stars and everything. The Bible takes us past the stars and says, let me just show you even before all the stars, God's sitting there going, I'm going to choose Scott. I'm going to choose Claudette. I'm going to choose Jono. I'm going to sing along when John O plays. Because the Bible says, in love, he predestined us. Because he loved you before, before the generations, he chose you to have a purpose in him. And I, I just wanted to almost use this service to round off my first 21 days amongst you. All I've talked about is purpose and love because I want to actually birth something in you that you once again have the confidence to say, God, I can serve you because I know that you are with me. In love, he predestined us to be adopted into sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure of his will. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are God's handiwork. Eugene Peterson translated it, we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. So sitting before before ever there was a universe, God is saying, I, I have something for you to do in 2022. And he's planned that for you. Now, It's not a guarantee, but it's a relationship where we have to walk in that. Can I just go over some of those things again? And can you just kind of nod your head? God loves you because you exist. Yeah? Amen? Amen. God loves you even if you don't love him back. Church, amen? Amen. Now, I know you want to love him back. And I know you're saying, well, I am loving him back. But when you don't love him back, he loves you. He loves you despite your flaws. In fact, for some of you, he deepens some of your flaws so he can get to the real heart of you. And then he can heal them. He loves you even if you don't become everything you're supposed to become. He heals the brokenhearted. He frees the prisoners and the captives, the ones who are bound up he's got a loving purpose for you. All this talk about purpose that I've said, let's be honest, it can sound like a little bit designer spirituality. That, oh, God's moving the universe around just for me. In fact, it can sound a bit like I'm making you the centre of the universe. It's all about personal experiences. And some people do take it that way. You know, they, they kind of go outside and say, Lord, would you stop it raining so I don't get wet? Walking to the tube and the, and the farmer is praying, Lord, can you send the rain because we need crops to feed people? I don't know which one God's going to answer. And we're saying, oh Lord, please make me look thin on the Instagram feed so I can get more likes. And and another person's saying, God, that person looks too thin on the Instagram feed and it's making me feel bad. Who's God gonna answer it? It must be so hard being God. So I'm not wanting you to get the wrong impression that I'm preaching a kind of designer spirituality just to make you feel good. But here is the truth. God does have something for you and he does love you. And I don't know how he weaves it with everybody else. And I'm willing sometimes to put mine on the back burner so that you can have yours. That's all fine. But he does have something for all of us to do. And this purpose comes out of a deep, deep, deep love for you. So much so that in eternity past, he looked across at his son and said, who will go for us? And his son said, I'll go. So much so that when Jesus came to earth and we're going to celebrate Christmas in a few weeks, that when he was wrapped, and we say in swaddling clothes, that actually he was wrapped like he, like he would have been in his tomb. And the only reason that the Christmas story tells you how Jesus was swaddled is to let you know that right from his birth, his purpose was to die for you and me. The only reason it tells you that one of the spices was myrrh is because that was the embalming spice of the day. This child was born to die for you. He loves you. There's been some people sitting here tonight, possibly you, and you may have listened to this today and actually in your head, there is a counter-narrative going on all the time. That you're saying, well, that's okay for everybody else. And this guy on the front, he seems rather nice. And he seems well-intentioned. And he seems a kind of nice pastor. But that's okay for everybody else. But nobody could love me like that. There was a lady called Corrie Tembu. She was a Jewish lady who was held captive in prison in, in the Second World War. She said this, if you want to be depressed, look within. If you want to be defeated, look back. And if you want to be distracted, look around. But if you want to be delivered, look up.
0: The Lord is my shepherd. And he goes before me Defender behind me And I won't fear I'm filled with anointing My cup's overflow. No weapon can harm me. Come on, everybody, let's
1: sing this to the Lord. Come on, lift your voices.
0: Sing hallelujah. give me a show Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace.
1: I come for